the idea that we need to know everything first to feel safe is a problem. It actually slows you down and it limits your ability to get to where you want to go. You might think, no, I'm safe here. Well, you you can take that safe path. You're going to spend a lifetime trying to achieve a fraction of what's possible when you can just get accelerated, get unfucked, and allow yourself to face those demons you are unwilling to look at and trust that not everything needs to be broken down for you step by step. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. My guest today is Wiley McGraw, a former star athlete, competitive bull rider, and a three-tour combat veteran in the U.S. military. It was through those intense experiences that he discovered his crazy superpower of being able to expose blind spots, erupt and eradicate stress, and fully unleash the untapped potential of high achievers. This is an explosive episode, jam-packed with hard-won wisdom and insight into self-optimization. Wiley McGraw, welcome to being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. Also, I'm proud to announce that the show is now available on YouTube. And you can follow us on our new Instagram page, at Being with Patrick Cook. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. Wiley McGraw, welcome to Being. Thank you so much for being here, brother. I'm stoked to be here with you, Patrick. Thanks. Wow. First off, I just want to say you have a fabulous beard. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I thought I thought I had a pretty good beard, but seeing you, like you just nailed it, brother. You, you right got... on, right on. Hey, yours not too shabby either. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's a little gray, but I think it, you know, makes me distinguished. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like a, an aged single malt, right? You want to appreciate those more sophisticated sides of life. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. really, really excited to dive in with you today. Uh, there's so much to talk about. So much. Um, interesting experiences in your story uh, as a former star athlete, competitive bull rider, three-tour combat veteran. Wow, you've had some incredible life experiences, and I'm excited to drop into those. But first off, I'd love to just, uh, just hear about your childhood. There's so much information um, and experience that comes from our child, so much insight that comes from our childhood. I would love to know, how did your experience in childhood shape you as the man you are now? Ah, so we're diving into that. Okay. Straight Um, away. Let's just go straight for it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that, that is something that's very specific, obviously to what it is that I do today. It's something that I look back on and go, you know what? Those crazy life experiences really molded the gifts that I have today that I bring out and, and, and provide to the clients that I work with. Mm. And I grew up in a family that was very staunch and rigid, you know, a Scottish Irish family. And I was always the outcast, so to speak, in the family. I I have, my name is Wiley. I'm kind of the unique one. I'm the only left-handed one in the family. But the biggest thing that I noticed in my childhood, aside from the fact that I had a natural talent for sports and athletics, was 
I always seem to be the bearer of everybody's unresolved stress and anything and everything mm-hmm. that was going on in the, dis- the, the dynamics of my environment from aunts, uncles, cousins, their friends, their family members. I never really understood it as a kid, obviously. Yeah. So for me, looking back on my childhood and really understanding now why I went through those experiences was because I came into this world, my being, who I am was brought in differently on purpose with this specific type of energy, this specific mm. type of um, gift, so to speak, uh, that needed to be cultivated. Mm. And as a kid, you don't understand that. You just kind of start to feel like, ah, angry, frustrated. Yeah. Why is this happening to me? Right. And as the years progressed, you know, I, I played baseball. I started throwing a ball when I was three years old. My dad was a semi-pro ball player, uh, recognized the talent that I had. It started getting me trained by the professional, you know, the California Angels pitching staff. I pitched for 13 years Wow. and my path was exciting. The idea of going to professional sports, but the outside stress, not the competitive athlete stress that's normal and part of that world, but the outside stress that I was experiencing from my father and his incessant push for perfection Mm. really broke this inside part of me that said, there's more to who I am than this. Mm. This is not all that I am. And I cannot focus on excitement of what it is that I'm looking to accomplish here, feeling limited by these outside forces that I later found out were more um, part of the internal volatility that was developed in my childhood from the dysfunctional dynamics that I I basically swam around in. So kind of cap that up here is as the years progress, which is why from that star athlete, from that childhood, I knew something was unique and different about me, but I didn't understand it. So I sought out more demanding, more radical challenges for myself to break free from the limitation that I felt as that athlete. So it's, which is why I found the world of bull riding. It was like, it naturally just drew me in. It was something I manifested for it. And when I got into that world, I started to feel this unleashing of more of my wild side, more of who I felt I was not just this kid that throws an 85 mile an hour fastball. Who's supposed to be an athlete. I was like, I want to be more than what my dad expects of me with the outside role that expects of me. I want to find out who the hell I really am. Mm -hmm. So I was willing to embrace the most uncomfortable challenges in each phase of my life to really push myself beyond my own limits and achieve more mastery over myself. And then Mm -hmm. that just progressed into the point where bull riding wasn't enough. High school had finished. So I joined the military. I was like, wow. where else are the other men and, and, and women like me that can really do some crazy stuff and really challenge themselves? And the United States military called. And that's why I took that route instead of the professional you know, baseball route. Wow. To see, yeah. there's so much value in your childhood, like just how you explained it right there, how it's shaped you, how it, you recognized uh, the limitations. And and looking back on it, you, you might not have recognized it in the moment, but there's so much value and power in it now, especially using it to to support other people in finding their limitations and breaking through them. Uh, right. Wow. What a powerful story. I'd love to ask you more about your uh, military experience if you're interested. Uh, Absolutely. If you're open to it. It's mm-hmm. what what era did you enter in? Was there a conflict going on at the time? So I joined, I joined the military in 1997. So that was my first experience with the United States military. And uh, my focus was being the airborne ranger. That's what I really look for. I did a junior Marine Corps program when I was in junior high. I liked it. I loved the structure. I loved the discipline. It really got me excited. I was into boxing and and, and karate and the whole nine yards, but I didn't really take to that because it just didn't feel right for me. Mm. So when I was doing all of those little explorations, as I'm breaking free from the 
the baseball world and my dad's pressure. Mm. Um, I did those programs and I found, you know what, I'm going to go to the military. I want to jump out of airplanes. I want to go to ranger school. I want to become a special operator. And the military called in 1997, I joined uh, and I found myself just exploring a little bit of that side of me before I went active duty. So I, I was still in high school when I joined the, the army, wow. junior year of high school. And then it's like 1997 to 98, I kind of just pushed through a little more my own limitation that way. And then I just exploded and I went to the, the active duty world, the combat infantry, 101st Airborne Division. Uh, and then I experienced, uh, volunteered to go to Kosovo. In 2000, I went to Afghanistan and Iraq, 2001, 2002, and 2003. And then wow. I decided at that point, you know what, this is enough. It's time for me to get out and explore more of who I was. And that's truly the military, Patrick, is where I really started to understand that side of me that I didn't understand as a kid. Right. I started to experience and feel and see things in the performance of me and my team in the midst of the most chaotic, most stressful situation you can ever be involved in, which mm. is war. So yeah. in those experiences as being one of the most uh, elite United States Army divisions being deployed constantly to every major conflict, we were always demanded to be our best, demanded to perform at the top of our game. And that is exactly why I started to pay attention to how I was as a soldier and then how I was as a leader when I became mm. a squad leader myself and started to lead my men in Iraq and finding out, holy crap, I have this unbelievable, uncanny ability to see blind spots and how we perform, where we can improve. I naturally just inspired my being inspired my men to, to step their game up and to push themselves even further than their own comforts so that we can literally all come home alive and complete our mission above yeah. and beyond expectation. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a powerful experience. I'm, I'm curious, like your experience in war combat, uh, how did that change you as a human being? Like what are the top lessons that you learned from that experience? Top lessons. Understanding how to stay calm in the midst of chaos. Mm. Yes. The war, I look at it this way, is I was part of it, but I did not allow it to become me. Right. I refused to. I right. realized this is where we as human beings can get lost in ourselves and in the, the world that surrounds us as we, we almost allow ourselves to become chameleons into the environments that we are experiencing instead of understanding that we are in these environments to pull that gold from it, to pull mm. lessons, to pull um, more of our own understanding of ourselves and the things around us and how we operate. Mm. Instead, we tend to fall into the trap of, well, I did this and that becomes me. And at the end of the day, I, I just didn't let the military become me. It doesn't mean I didn't have any stress related to going to combat, coming mm. home and experiencing the transition and in, back into the spilling world. But it was it was a unique understanding of how to become calm in the midst of chaos, mm. how stress itself affects performance and team function, and how do we address it from both the unconscious and the conscious levels. And that excited me to get out and explore even more around stress, the effects on performance, mm. uh, limitations, blind spots, et cetera. Yeah. Wow. So, so powerful, those lessons. Uh, I'm curious about the, you mentioned compartmentalizing, like when you're in a, a, a combat situation, you have to be, you know, in your you wits, do. in your zone, you right, can't right. be distracted. Right. Right. Um, but there's a certain level of um, turning off of uh, maybe it's ethics or morality or empathy, uh, you know, in those situations, how did you deal with that? Like on a human being emotional level, and maybe it happened afterwards and maybe not in the moment, like how did that affect you? 
there is an aspect of being able to quote, turn things off when mm. necessary. And just to dive into that a little bit deeper, one, one of the philosophies that I live by, that I operate by, that I expect of my clients is um, understanding that sucking it up, the idea that we should compartmentalize is, is proper for a combat zone. Right. It's proper for war. Right. It's necessary at certain times, especially when we have a very specific focus. You don't have time to get lost in your own emotions and other people's emotions. We have time to really just gather ourselves, uh, collect who we are, and operate to the point where we can complete our mission and get home alive. Mm. That is necessary. But everywhere else, the sucking it up mentality that we are taught to believe that is necessary for yeah. success is absolutely wrong. Totally. So I don't think I ever shut myself off. I knew how to, again, compartmentalize, yeah. and that's a big piece of it, yeah. compartmentalization so that we can not get attached to specific things and get lost because that's when people die. Right. But realizing that you're still human, that there's still empathy, there's still understanding of what they are going through as well while you're involved in it, who is experiencing more of what you're experiencing. It's not just you. So you just, you stay connected to that aspect of your humanity. It's almost like you stay anchored in rooted into mm, it, mm. but you learn how to be calm and all of that stuff, stay focused, do your job, respect one another, respect even the mission. And even those that we are there to either protect or, mm. you know, uh, neutralize whatever the, the, the word we want to use for that is right. But taking that home, it's about awareness, mindfulness of understanding that that was war. This is being home. And you have to be willing to understand that. That sucking it up mentality does not serve you when it comes to your life, your business, mm. and every aspect of your success. Mm. So, so powerful. Uh, one more question before we move on. And the, yeah. I know we're, we're sticking on us a little bit, but it's, it's really fascinating. Um, you mentioned that you entered the military because you wanted to challenge your own limitations. And I think clearly that right. that was the situation, an extreme situation where you could do that. Um, and obviously you learned a lot of lessons from that experience, but I just wanted to ask you about the, the policy or the, the, um, the driving force between behind the politics, I guess it is behind those missions behind those wars. How did your, your perspective on the, the mission and the politics behind it change before and after those experiences? There's always internal, there's always internal questions you ask yourself. Yeah. I just, I never found myself verbalizing that too much. Right. I didn't feel it was even remotely relevant. Um, as impactful uh, as the, ne the necessity to focus on the job and just getting home alive. Right. Um, so I didn't really, the, the politics of it was every family member of mine uh, from my father and uncles, my, both my brothers, we all served our country and some of them are still serving today. Right. It was an, 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 an ability to understand that we respect and love our nation. We respect and love our ability to be the, the free people that we are. We want to provide value to that because it's, it's inherently a part of who we are, mm. but I don't, I don't never really got lost in politics before or even after, even now it's like, I understand we don't know everything that goes on and we right. speculate more than we really understand. And for totally. me, I'm not going to speculate regardless of what my own thoughts are. Um, I can have personal private conversations with people that are close to me about it, but right. just to go back to that question, it's like, I really don't know if there's any aspect of that, that I can really give here when it comes right. to pre and, and post military, other than yeah. the fact that. I can see the damage that war causes, and that's why it's necessary 
to bring those experiences to the table every day when it comes to mm. working with the, the types of CEOs and public figures and, and other executives and entrepreneurs that I support. Mm. Understanding that the battles that they face in their life right now, um, we can break through them. We can battle through them together and you don't need to get lost in them and allow them to affect your ability to succeed, live at peace and, and have what it is that you want. Mm, yes. Well, brother, I honor you for um, taking those experiences and turning them into some positive give back to the community, to our leaders and in the business community and elsewhere. So that's an amazing, amazing gift that you're offering the world. So I'd love to dive more into sure. what you're doing now and how you serve people. So one of the quotes on your website, which I loved, is it says, other coaches and consultants are problem solvers. I'm a people mover. Solving problems with without first addressing the person always leads to misguided results. So I love that, but I'd love if you could just sort of unpack what you mean by addressing the person. What does that mean? Well, going to your show, the right being. Yes. Every aspect of who we are is holistic, but we've, right. we've found ourselves in the world of success, high performance, leadership development, business, et cetera. We found ourselves getting lost in systems and processes and compartmentalized thinking, believing that following certain steps, being linear, really exploring these steps are the only way to taking ourselves and our, our game or performance to another level. And mm -hmm. at, at, to, a, to a degree, it does serve a purpose. For me, I look at it as, am I solving problems with clients? Of course, but I'm allowing them to solve them through the interaction and the intense environments that I provide them, the challenges that they go through to really mm -hmm. push them through their limitations so they can see the solutions without having to rack their brains and stress and sacrifice to figure it out. And yes. that... These quotes just pop out of me when I'm having random conversations with my partner or whatever I've got going on around me. I, I just find these things coming out and I go, you know what? It's about taking the person and unfucking the person first. Right. And getting that person <laughs> optimized before we add in these systems and processes and all these aspects of you know, um, growth. And mm. for me, coaches and consultants have their place. I even wrote this amazing... I would say academics, white paper, if you will, around helping versus optimizing mm. and understanding that the helping field is what we have grown accustomed to. And, it, and, and there are coaches and consultants, advisors, programs that help people. They help leaders, but I don't help leaders. I optimize them. Mm. And I look at the person, I look at every aspect of their life, the relationships in their life with money their spouses, their children, themselves. And I go after the most uncomfortable truths that they are refusing to look at or they've swept under the rug mm. to get to the levels that they've gotten to. And we address that because mm. until you address that aspect of a leader, they are only going to get so far. Mm. They are going to have the, that misguided level of results. It doesn't mean they're not succeeding to a degree. It just means it's not optimized. Mm. So that's essentially what that quote broken down is, is I'm not just a problem solver like everyone else. I'm a people mover. I look mm. at you and I go after the things you're least expecting me to go after right? so that we can unfuck who you are and optimize you by blowing you through your limitations. Fantastic. I love yeah. this. Unfuck the person. So what does that look like? What are, like? what are the most common limitations you encounter with your clients and how do you uncover them? You know, the how, Patrick, is not something I actually can can share. It's just, right. it's not possible. Right. I my built my business. And just to give you a little insight on that, I built a multiple seven-figure small business around my being. Mm. So who I am and how I live my life, those intense life experiences from competitive sports, bull riding, combat, 
to exploring more of myself outside of the military. We built the business around who I am, my beingness, mm. unfucking me first yes. so that I can stand out there and I can tell and command and show leaders what it's like to live that life that I'm even talking about. Mm. That is the point of this. So the how, that's another part of it. We get lost in how do you do that? Right. Well, how is still a form of limitation. Mm. And I expect people that are intrigued and inspired and like feel excited about walking towards me who want to explore this type of work that I do. I expect them to learn how to surrender the yes. need to know how. And realizing yes. that creating from ambiguity and white space is more powerful than creating from stress. Mm. And understanding that the how shows up once you've committed to the um, why mm. and the what and the dynamic that is presenting itself with the environment that is literally giving you the space to, to truly transform and become more of who you are. So mm. going back to just kind of cap that as well, um, everybody has their own unique experiences, challenges, and blind spots. So I can't pinpoint each person, oh, this is how, how they, they need to break through their limitations. Mm. I, I literally can't tell people how it's going to go down. My work is so uniquely dynamic in an interpersonal relationship with my clients that everybody's going to have their own unique experiences, mm. their own unique eruptions when they're with me, their own unique challenges. It's kind of like a mechanic getting your car. They don't know really what the problem is until they lift up the hood. Yeah. You might think it's your alternator and you're like, hey, I need you to fix my alternator. He's like, yeah, but you've got a battery problem, a starter problem. You've got a fuel line system <laughs> issue. And they're like, but I don't want, I don't want you to do that. I want you to focus on this. And that's what I would say most leaders have ever come to me. They think I'm going to do this here. And we go in a completely different direction. And they, right. it blows their mind because they're at least expecting the fact that I have to go after your relationship over here just to get you to make more money over here. Right. And it's really hard for people to kind of connect those, you know, nonlinear points, but that's the point of my work. I, mm. I don't really, I don't really have anything to I'm not going to show anybody how, because there is no how. Mm. My point is, do you feel connected to who I am and why I'm in your life to begin with? Are you excited about the opportunity to actually blow past your limitations, to expose and erupt all your blind spots and actually achieve that peace and freedom you've been grinding your entire experience, life, and career for? If you don't feel excited about that, you and I are never going to work good together. If you mm. need to know how we're going to do it, this is never going to work because the need to know how, if you are prepared for what's coming, it's going to limit you. Mm. When I get you unprepared for what's coming, that's when true vulnerability shows itself. And when you're really vulnerable, blind spots reveal where they're at. And then that's when we can accelerate and we can blow and move you through to a completely different level and reach actual peak performance and sustain it. So I can't really explain how, but I definitely can share that. You know, I, I, I know all leaders out there are dealing with blind spots they're unaware of. Yeah. I know most people at the top have built their businesses on the back of stress. They have unresolved blind spots. They are, are unwilling or just don't want to look at, or maybe are unaware that are there. And they keep trying to add more to their life to solve those problems versus, you know, removing mm. things that aren't really allowing them to, it's removing the things that hinder their power and performance in the first place. Mm. Wow, Wiley, there's so much resonance between what you're saying and my path. It's just, I use different language to say basically the same thing in my work. Um, and it's really refreshing to hear it coming from your perspective. And there's so much resonance in your words. Creating from the white space is something that you said. And, and 
uh, removing rather than adding onto and knowing your why before the how, all those things resonate deeply with me. Um, I just say it in different language, like moving out of your mind and into your heart space, for example, creating from that place right. of, of <clears throat> infinite um, opportunity and potential in your heart space rather than the systems and the the patterns and the beliefs that exist in our minds. Um, right, we get lost, Patrick, if I may, we get please. lost in the... Um, we're, we've got a society that has has really overdeveloped the thinking. Totally. It's completely disconnected from intuition yes. and gut and yes. heart. It's like it kind of every once in a while you see them tap into that maybe here and there, yes. but everything has become thinking. Yes. If I can't see it, if I can't know the how, if I can't control it, yes. I don't want it around me. Yes. And then they think, leaders especially go, well, if I don't feel like I can control this and I can't understand how this is going to go down, if you can't then you're not being transparent with me. So that means you must be a threat and I got to get rid of it. And they, mm. they just, they deflect yeah. away from things that could be showing up to them to literally challenge them to become even more. And yes. that's the problem that I'm experiencing with leaders. So the blind spots they have is this, this inability to understand even what ambiguity and white space means. That's a blind spot right. that all leaders have. Totally. I've worked with public figures, especially in personal development. These, these people have been around for 30 plus years. <laughs> who have done all the big things in marketing and info marketing and product development. And they are literally sitting there struggling and stressing behind the scenes. And it's like, you are not in congruency with who you are in a public persona versus who you are behind the scenes. Right. And that's because they are so stuck in their head and they are so stuck in the how, and they're so stuck in adding, 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 and trying to suppress what they feel. Yes. Right. That when anything comes up that challenges them, I don't like the way that feels. Mm. And that's, that must be wrong because I've never felt all of this before. And when I show up in someone's life, my presence, my being Patrick alone starts to erupt the deepest, darkest truths that these leaders have held onto that nobody else has been able to excavate. Mm. Yes. Oh, powerful, Wiley. I love it. I love your passion. I love your conviction. Uh, it's so, so inspiring to hear you speak about it. We are in extraordinary times and facing unprecedented challenges. Never in history have we been so connected yet so divided at the same time. Now more than ever, there's a fundamental need and desire for us to come together in community and collaboration, to experience real and authentic connection with our fellow human beings, to be part of a tribe of people who are doing the challenging work of making sense of the world and their place in it, to have a safe place to be vulnerable and get the support we so desperately seek as we navigate the complexity of modern life. This is why I've created The Chrysalis, an exclusive online community for people who are doing the deep work of personal development, of awakening, of healing, of peeling back the layers of conditioning and unconscious programming and unleashing their full creative expression through the discovery of their life's purpose. This is for the people who have the courage to say yes to life and to becoming the best version of themselves for their own benefit and for the benefit of all. This private membership group will be hosted away from the prying eyes and ears of the big tech platforms and will feature live group coaching calls, exclusive content and trainings, plus guest speakers, workshops, and more. At its essence, the Chrysalis is about coming together in a thriving community with the shared intention of co-creating the future that we all want to live in. If this resonates with you, go to enterthechrysalis.com for more information and to reserve your spot. Chrysalis is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S. So that's enterthechrysalis.com. Now, back to the show. 
Uh, I'm curious how, like you, you seem to have so much uh, cultivated, so much self-awareness around your own inner world and your own blind spots. How did the, how did the experiences that you had in, in the military and bull riding and skydiving and professional mm. athlete uh, sports, how did those experiences bring you? Cause those are all outwardly, you know, massive, extreme experiences. How did they reflect back to you that you needed to look inward and discover your own blind spots? How did you discover your own blind spots? I guess is the question. The awareness started to develop that my experiences outside of me, if they continue to happen over and over again, they have nothing to do with the outside world. Mm. Nothing. Yes. But I was willing to go, you know what? Something's not right here. However, as a man, right, born in this culture of men, especially mm. having immigrant uh, grandparents from Scotland and Ireland, and understanding that mm. rigidity is literally a characteristic flaw that we need to actually eradicate, uh, and knowing when to be rigid and when to be flexible or in mm. the flow. Um, for me, all of those life experiences, I felt intuitively something was like, go there. Right. I, I can't even, I didn't know how anything was going to go down. But something felt really just, I was very uncomfortable when I stepped into the world of bull riding from being an, a- an athlete as a pitcher. I was uncomfortable even being a pitcher on the mound all the time in, in, in the public eye and having people look at me, especially yeah. when I started to get scouted. But it's like I purposely pushed myself into those environments, faced down these fears that made my stomach turn, the butterflies mm. you get, the heart pounding raciness, and learning how to uh, control those inner aspects of myself. But I mm. will tell you that the only way that I truly was able to experience my deepest blind spots from all the unresolved stress from childhood, from the sports into the military was an outside force, if you will. Right. I had someone that I ran into, if you will, <laughs> yeah. that literally put me in positions to erupt and eradicate all of my own shit too. Mm. And I yes. kept that person close to me because I as much as a, of a challenge as it was, as much as the stuff that I was hearing, I didn't want to hear. I knew there was a reason that that was happening. And I started to experience, this is where, again, science cannot prove certain experiences. You can't just repeat individual, totally. amazing, mind-boggling experiences over and over again. So yeah. each experience I had from my outside world, I realized if it, w- it was shifting, it was because of what we were doing and facing. And I went, okay, mm. something's here. And now I'm going to dig even deeper. And that's why I started to personally explore the world of meditation, of neuroscience, of psychology, of I was holistic in my studies personally. Mm. Everything I built was around who I am. Everything that I added in formally was just to accentuate deeper understandings of myself so that I can really navigate all different waters with different people that come into my life. And Mm. that outside force helped eradicate every aspect of my unresolved stress. And I started to realize each moment of my life was at peace harmony. Mm. I started to feel free no matter what situation I was in, nothing knocked me off course. It doesn't mean I don't get stressed as life goes on. I, it happens. You're going to, okay, I'm feeling a little stressed out today, but I have the ability to utilize and manage my stress optimally to keep me in focus for my performance so that I can live, practice, and preach what it is I'm telling leaders they have to do to be their best. Uh. Man, Wiley, this is so amazing. Again, so much resonance with, uh, between your work and mine, uh, just with different language. So it's really exciting to hear it articulated a different way. Um, and what you said about um, science not having all the answers, it's, it's again, that mind identification, and especially in Western culture, we have to know the answers. We have to know the science. We have to know the strategy, right. the system. But right. it doesn't account for that first-person experience. 
And so, right. no, you know, and so we're taught not to trust it, not to trust our heart, not to trust our intuition and our gut, but that's where all of our power, all of our insight, all of our unique ability comes from. So if we're stuck in these mind games and these systems and these strategies, we'll never reach our peak performance. So what you're doing right. is so, so powerful. And if I um, may just add a little tidbit to please, that, because it's please. really good that you said that <clears throat> we um, end up actually thinking that the gut feelings we have now that we've overworked our mind, we, f- we end up thinking the gut feelings we have are always right. And what I found working with these mm. high-powered leaders is your gut is not always right because you have so much unresolved stress occupying yes. space within you, mind, oh. in your mind and in your body. Great and point. When I get that cleared out, then the gut changes and you can really start when you, you know, you start to go, okay, now I know how to articulate when, what is a, a threat? What is not a threat? What is good? What is not good? And learning how to discern the differences when things show up versus just the natural reaction to avoid, protect, and reject something that doesn't feel like what you're used to. Yes. A lot of these people, especially in public in, in the personal development world, I have found in those circles are are all built around the idea of they need to know everything first. They need to know who you yeah. are. They need to know your social security number, your background, because <laughs> they are so uncomfortable with anything that isn't like them. Yeah. That they they go, oh God, this has got to be something that I, I I need to look at this with a with a cross eye, right? Mm. And just re- just to finish that thought here, it's like the science itself is important, but the idea that we need to know everything first to feel safe is a problem. Totally. It's a huge huge problem. Huge problem. Yeah. It actually slows you down and it limits your ability to get to where you want to go. You might think, no, I'm safe here. Well, you you can take that safe path. You're going to spend a lifetime trying to achieve a fraction of what's possible when you can just get accelerated, get unfucked, and allow yourself to face those demons you are unwilling to look at and trust that not everything needs to be broken down for you step by step. Mm. Yes, that is just unbelievable. I, I want to come back to something you mentioned sure. about trusting intuition, and there's a there's a nuanced discernment here that you uh, you pointed to, and I just want to expand it a little bit. Is when we have, I call it, you call it stress. I call it, it could be un, unresolved trauma or, you know, limiting yep. beliefs or emotional wounds or whatever is going on in the inside that's preventing us from being our fully self-actualized best version self. Um, that will inhibit us from trusting our intuition because sometimes it is wrong. Because if you're, if you're getting an emotional reaction to something, a trigger, and it's triggering your intuition or your gut to respond there. If you have unresolved trauma, it's tough to discern where it's coming from. Is this the true essence of your being speaking to you, or is it the unresolved trauma or stress or emotional wound that's popping up saying, Hey, this is a problem. We need right. to keep it safe. Right. right. And right. so doing that deep inner work is so critical, so paramount to build a f- solid foundation from which you can enter the world, from which you can, you know, trust that intuition and powerfully use it in your business or your life or your relationships or whatever it is that so, so powerful that you mentioned that I just wanted to highlight it. And and you know what? Yeah, absolutely. We have a psyche for a reason, right? Over evolution is designed to protect us from things that are uncomfortable that feel like a threat. Totally. But it has not evolved as fast as technology has evolved. That's right. And you understand (laughs) that it's the whole point is when, when you could feel something that is challenging you and causing you to experience discomfort, Right. Stepping towards it to really explore those nuanced discernments is paramount, especially for someone who has impact on millions of people. Not everything is a threat. Mm. So going back to that is like, yeah, you're right. That psyche is designed to protect us. And we have to blow through that psyche and realize it's time to face down 
What is not allowing you to be the best version of yourself? And mm-hmm. I look at it this way. It is uh, traumas, wounds, whatever words we want to, to apply to. It's all unresolved stress right. at the end of the day. Right. There's a difference between the unresolved stress of your ex- life experiences that create undetectable patterns of doubt, fear, and cautiousness. And there's normal parts of stress that you have to learn to opti- use, manage, and optimize for yourself each totally. moment, every single day. You're yes. never going to get rid of life's stress, but you can eradicate, truly eradicate all of your quote, past traumas and stresses. Right. But we, again, we have resources to say, well, you want to take it easy. For me, I, I don't, there's no time for it. If you're a leader who really wants to be at peak performance, you don't have time to take it easy. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure that we go through the depths of hell together and look at all the stuff you've never looked at. And we're going to battle through it together, which is why my work is so different and unique. And it demands me to be the antithesis of everything that is out there so that those unique aspects of that leader are erupted and literally brought to the surface and they can perform on the top of their game, inspire people. They can live life the way they want to live. And people are just drawn to them more authentically. And if you look at it, Patrick, when you have an influencer, a public figure, a celebrity, whoever it is, if they are literally standing on stages and they are angry inside and they're unresolved and they have terrible relationships with their spouses and their children, but they're like, Hey, let me show you how to have the best life ever. Mm. Well, you're only going to take the audience so far. You're going to It's called transference. You're going to transfer just some temporary motivation into the crowd. You're going to also transfer all of your stress into the crowd. That's why music itself can be dangerous too when you have a very traumatized singer screaming all of their pain out into the audience. It literally can be felt and it can be very detrimental to people's ability to actually grow and be more of who they are. And they end up Mm. staying stuck and limited where they're at. And then we never really evolve as a species. Wow. So powerful. I'm a musician, so I totally resonate with what you're saying. Yeah. You're projecting all of your shit onto other people through your energy, through your lyrics, through the music. And that's one of the big reasons I moved away from music. And I'm coming back Mm. to it now is that I don't want to be part of like a system, like this pop corporatized music that is um, celebrating trauma and dysfunction and misogyny and all these, you know, it's (laughs) like, I don't want to be part of that. They say it's expression, right? It's It's all expression. expression. Exactly. But it's, it's just, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, come on. It's like they're, again, like our freedoms and our rights. There, there yeah. are always boundaries and limitations yes. to protect us from getting out of control. Yeah. You know, it's not about just limitless anarchy, right? right? So even with that, it's like there needs to be, like there's art and then there's dysfunction. Yes. You get, where's the line that we need to understand and balance? 100%. 100%. And that's a line I've been walking lately is like, okay, how do I navigate this where I don't want to contribute to this continuing that it's collective trauma is basically what it is or collective stress, I guess. You right. Would, right. Um, but at the same time, there's so much power in music as a vehicle for, for connecting with people and transformation. What if I tried to change it from the inside out. You know, if I'm in my full embodiment, Mm. I've, you know, been working on my unresolved stress and trauma and I can project into the world through my music, through writing with other writers and, you know, influence their energy and the music and the lyrics and positively impact the world of radio or pop music in a way that is transformative. There's huge power in that. So that's why I'm I'm moving back towards music as a primary focus in my life for that express. And imagine, imagine Patrick, where I always use this as an example, imagine who Elon Musk would be and what Mm. he actually could accomplish if he eradicated. And I I know this is, it it shakes people up when I say it, but I don't, I don't care. I have no problem being the one that's in people's faces about this. Imagine who he would become and what we would actually be doing now, given his genius, if he was a fully balanced, optimized, eradicated 
uh, best version of himself. Maybe we yes. would already be on freaking Mars and our planet wouldn't be so toxic. Who knows? Yeah. But you go to your music, like you said, and I just want to acknowledge that is you're right. How am I showing up in the world? Am yeah. I in full alignment with who I am? Do I live my life from a place of peace, freedom, and balance? Or am I operating from a state of dysfunction? But mm. here's the other thing. Transformation is ugly as shit. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> it's nasty. Yeah. It, it does not happen from rock concert-like events. It does not happen from stages and like masterminds yeah. and groups. It doesn't mean those things don't have their place. They do. They serve a purpose. Yes. But when you're talking about real transformation, which is a word I feel has been bastardized, especially yeah. over the last decade, uh, just like organic has, right? Uh, <laughs> when you when you look at the real real transformation, it's not it's nothing that's going to feel good. It's nothing yeah. that's going to feel comfortable. It's going to show up in ways you least expect it. Yeah. And it's going to demand you to face things you don't want to look at. And oh, yes. here's the other piece to that. I have found through my experiences, like you asked earlier, you actually need an outside force that knows how to hold you in the environment and allow you to go through those experiences because what we will do on our own is we will think that we are transforming because we are like, oh, I'm looking at a stress I, as a child. I look at this thing over here I did as a business owner. Mm. Oh my God, okay, I, I can deal with it. I understand it now. Well, that's like talk therapy. Giving you the space to understand it is good. Yeah. Giving you the pieces to put back together is good. But eradicating that takes an outside force that knows how to hold you in it, walk yes. through you with it, make you face it, erupt it, and eradicate it, period. Yes. You will never truly transform to the most optimized version of yourself until you face it with someone outside of you who knows how to push you through it. Mm, like yes. the military. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole point in the military. We don't go, I'm going to be a soldier myself and then figure it out on our own and go, I'm doing some self-help, you know, my military books I'm going to read are make me a soldier. Yeah. We have frameworks and structures and the way they treat us and push us every single day for months on end at the most breaking point of our minds, our bodies, and our emotions, because they need to break down all of those old things to mm -hmm. build us up into a new version of ourselves as a soldier. Same thing. Yes. Same thing. Same, Same thing. thing. Yeah. Yep. And I, again, I resonate so deeply. I just use different language. I create sure. I, what I call as a sacred container for people to explore themselves at the deepest level. And I hold up the mirror from them for them. Right. So it's not about me telling them what to do no. or how to do it. It's like, okay, you have all the answers. I'm just going to ask you the right <laughs> questions and yeah. hold the space for you to explore. And that means getting messy. That means getting into the pain, the discomfort, all of it. Um, but <sighs> you work with a lot of like high powered fortune 500 Hollywood professional yep. sports stars. They're has to be some reticence that you encounter. People are just like, wait a minute. I thought we were going to do business here. Like, what, what, what do you mean? I have to look inwards. How do you move past those blocks? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I'll put it this way. Not many people have what it takes to do the work that I'm providing leaders mm, today. They I just totally don't. agree. I totally agree. That's why I literally work with less than a handful of people per year. Right. On purpose. Right. The my work is about a relationship dynamic with my client. There is no stone left unturned when we engage in that framework together. Mm -hmm. So when I meet someone and they are introduced to me, which is why I built that, yeah, you know, built this business, this multiple seven-figure business on referral only, no website, no business card. It was meeting people through interactions being invited to parties, masterminds, conferences. And when people say something's different about you, I say, mm. I understand that. And when they have, start to have all these feelings about what's going on, the ones that can go, 
I don't know what's going on here, but I like what I'm feeling and I want to talk more. And we engage in what I call as a calibration period. I need to calibrate someone who says they're interested in doing this work so I can make sure that when I say yes to them and then we are in agreement to do this work together, they're ready for it. It doesn't happen through a transactional nature of, hey, so-and-so over here, you kick their ass, you you optimize their life. I see what you did to them, which is why I get introduced in the first place, Patrick, is they right. see their friend. They're like, you're not the same person. What right. were you doing? Here's the guy. It's like, it takes a very special person to walk all the way towards me and still stay engaged, not knowing how, not yes. knowing what's going to happen, just trusting that this is the right place for them. I'm in their life for the right reason at the right time. And across the industries, very special types of leaders go, I'm in, let's go. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Here's the check. Let's do all this. Every person I've ever worked with has never made the investment to work with me based on what they're going to get, how they're going to get it, what's going to happen. They have no idea. All they know is something feels different. And I want that. I'm excited about Mm. getting my ass kicked. I'm excited about exploring your proverbial Navy SEAL train of leadership development and high performance. I'm willing to go where I've never gone before because I am that person built and ready to be that type of leader. So athletes, Hollywood executives, the Fortune 500 executives and CEOs I've worked with, the public figures and personal development, I've worked with a few Silicon Valley executives, powerful women as well. They, once they make the commitment, they're in. They may have their reactions of like, holy shit, I had no idea. This is what you're going to make me do? Are you insane? And I look at them and go, yeah. So you either do it or I'm out of here. And I, and it's a relationship. Like, I'm not a, I'm not afraid to threaten you. Like, I take your money and, and we're done. Like, right. this is it. If you're not willing to do whatever it takes to be the best version of yourself, then I'm not your person. And that's fine. I don't need your money. I don't want your time. And I've never experienced someone who has gotten involved into this work, run away from it. They just cap out at a certain point. Mm. There's a point where I've pushed them so far, so fast that they've literally hit what we call their cap out point in their performance. There's literally no more potential to squeeze out of them. And that's when the relationship breaks and they go off and do their best stuff in the world. Right. That's it. Right. So takes a very special person. Not everybody's built for it, but I'm out here in the world now, especially talking to you and saying, look, I've been doing this behind the scenes as nobody knowing I exist. And those leaders out there that are looking for it, I'm right here. But mm-hmm. you got to be willing, you got to be willing to do shit you've never done before. And I'm the guy that's going to do that for you. Mm, Wiley, so, so powerful. I so resonate and I'm so inspired by listening to you speak. I can feel that energy you're talking about that just like that, that essence that you don't know what it is, but I want it. And I feel that from you like deeply, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, right it's on. awesome. Um, one question that's coming up is again yep. around ethics though. So I recognize yep. how much power there is in unleashing like untapped potential, specifically in sure. high achievers, like in fortune 500 Hollywood, what, what is the, you know, or even wall street? Um, like, yes. What, like, if there's a central focus, like if, if you're unleashing power in these people that have so much influence, there's, there's a certain responsibility that comes with it. Like it it can, it can be very enticing to use that power and that potential for personal gain for profit while externalizing harm to other people or the environment. So where, where does the ethical line get drawn when you're unleashing this amount of power in people? I don't work with people that are built that way. Okay. That's it. Right. Again, go back to the bean, right? Who I am is my business. I didn't follow someone. I didn't study books to learn how to do what I do. Mm. It is truly built around my uncanny, quote, superpower Mm. to to erupt and eradicate blind spots in high-powered individuals. They have the capacity to handle the level of work that I do. 
That's why I don't work with the masses because they have not developed the capacity mm. that leaders have. We are all at different levels of capacity. Right. So ethics, I, I live and operate by a code of ethics as well. Mm. Everything, it's almost like if I open someone up in an interaction, even before they've even become a client, yeah. that's it. I don't leave them hanging. I won't leave right. them bleeding on the street right. because I know when I meet people, they are going to erupt. It just happens when we meet. Mm. So when that starts to happen, that means shit's coming up and I will literally stay with them, even if they end up not engaging in a dynamic with me. And that's right. okay. But I will never work with someone who I know and feel when I meet them and connect with them. I, I can tell right away. That's my, that's my specialty. I can yeah. see the blind spot. So if I have some guy who's trying to write a, a, a check and he's like, I'm in, I want this, but I can tell, like I've turned down wall street guys, right? They, right, right. They've got money. I don't care about your money. I care about the person first. I've built my business is like the worst business model on the planet. It's not about my bottom line first. (laughs) It's not about my, my books. It's not about how much money I can make. It's all about the person. I'm willing to do whatever it takes for my client first and foremost, even if it means I need to sacrifice over here monetarily, if I've got to do this over here a little longer, if I've got to spend eight months that I've spent with other public figures prior to them actually being comfortable and ready to just jump mm. because they're so scared of what's showing up for them. They never had anything love them this way. Never anything mm. push them this way. Wow. So finish your, con- your question, Patrick, is I will recognize it within minutes of meeting someone that they're right. not a fit, right. period. And I'll be like, look, this is just not going to work out. We go Beautiful. to dinner. I sat down in front of some big name people and we got to dinner. I can tell through how they're throwing these underlying passive aggressive digs. Right. They're throwing these like little like nuances of like, oh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that say this. And you know what? You're you're not the person for me because I know right now if you're acting this way now, um, there's no way you're going to listen to me. You're no, there's no way you're going to respect my leadership right. and be pushed and willing to actually surrender to right. who I am and what it is that I do. Right. Period. So I just let that go. So, so powerful. And you said once there, um, mm. it's the worst business model. I just want to reframe that. It's the worst business model <laughs> within the old system. I believe that we're creating a new paradigm, a new system that is based uh, from that heart space, from that white space. And in that sense, it's yep. an amazing business model and it has to be the business model. Moving I love forward. it. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I stand by it. I feel, yeah. I, I just, there's actually no way to do it any other way for me. Just totally. who I am. Me too. There's no me way. Too. Even yeah. trying to do it the way you know, we have been developed, follow these coaching programs and these systems, build your business through these steps. I, yeah. I can't do it that way. Mine yeah. is literally a relationship with my clients. And then when we're done, we never see each other again. And that's okay. I don't have yeah. a following. I don't want a tribe. I don't want an email list. I don't need you to glue to me as some anything you yeah. I'm in your life as this outside force. I come in and fuck you. I accelerate you and I get the hell out of your way, period. <laughs> and I, I want it. you to be the best version of you, not a copied version of someone else. Yes. Oh, so That's powerful. It. Yeah. I love it. I'm so inspired and by you, brother. It's awesome. Just drives it every day. You're right. My passion here is about shifting that paradigm so that people stop thinking that they're transforming and are willing to do something about actual transformation, really mm. willing to up-level themselves and be willing to go through the, the most uncomfortable shit they've ever experienced so they can get to where they want to go. Yes. Yeah. So, so powerful. Incredible work you're doing, brother. Really inspiring. Appreciate it. Yep. Um, yeah, this is amazing. I only have a couple more questions uh, before I let you go. Yeah, and no problem. One of them is you mentioned earlier some techniques that you use, meditation being a primary one. Like That has been so important in my development, my own transformation, and with my work with clients. Um, what are some of the other practices and techniques that you, stay, do you use to stay grounded, healthy, creative, productive? Oh, I mean, I, I, I practice ancient martial arts. That's my, awesome. one of my, my, my passions as well. 
Uh, meditation is, is great. I did a study with the VA for veterans and PTSD years ago where I learned transcendental meditation. And I started to explore all the different sides and facets of that. But through the work that I do, I developed my own called high performance meditation, which is not a typical meditation model. It's not something that I can break down and explain either. It's right. through specific interactions, but um, it's all about holistic lifestyle. Right. Optimizing myself every single day. When I start to feel something here, I go here. When I look at my food, I look at my environment, I look at the relationships I keep, the ones I don't keep. Every aspect requires us to be holistic. Mm. And if you feel that circumventing certain things, sacrificing certain things, all for the sake of notoriety and some money, then that that's where limitation gets stuck mm. and why people don't feel as free and as empowered as they possibly can. And mm. then we we overwork that muscle and it becomes like, oh, this is just normal. You have to sacrifice and suffer. Well, there's a difference between unnecessary sacrifice and suffering and necessary sacrifice and suffering. If you're willing to explore that, I'm right here willing to do it with you. Mm. But those are elements of optimization, yes. not helping. I, it's not about helping you. Helping you is nice. It got, feels good. It takes you down the road. You get somewhere. You yeah. might have some results. But unfucking someone is optimization, optimizing yes. who they are mind, body, spirit, whatever, whatever we want to call it holistically. Yes. So they can stand there and experience who they really are at the core, because they might think they know who they are, but I tell you until they meet me, they don't. And once they're done with me, they're going to know who they are. I guarantee <laughs> it. Yes. So, yes. and that's, you know, Patrick, if I may add this in here is like, I, I'm doing an anti-retreat for that very reason where I'm going to bring at least three leaders together for four intense days and four intense nights in Sedona, Arizona, and really push these leaders through their blind spots radically and quickly mm. and giving them that experience of having someone in their life that says, don't leave your life at home to come to some retreat, bring everything with you. Yes. Every aspect of your life. Bring I all want your it. shit. Yeah. I want it. <laughs> I, I don't care who you are. I don't care about your reputation. I don't care about your money. I care about your mindset. I yes. care about your willingness to go where you've never gone. And I, if so, let's do it. I'm right here with you, brother. Fantastic. That's so powerful. Um, you mentioned success earlier as one metric. And I'm curious, what is your definition of success and how has it changed over time? My definition of it's very subjective, but I, <laughs> I look at it this way. When you can wake up every day feeling in the zone, it's what that professional athletes call being in the zone. When you are waking up feeling powerful, ready to take on anything and everything you put your mind to, experiencing peace, freedom, calm amidst any situation, to me, that's success. Those mm. aspects of success, money, fame, notoriety, power, the things that you do in your company, the things that you do for the audiences that follow you, uh, the masses that are inspired by you, those are byproducts of who you are when you're at the top of your game. Mm. Those are the things we have to look at first. All the other shit, that stuff comes more optimally when you are literally eradicated and resolved. Mm. Yes. So, so powerful. Love it. Wiley McGraw, this has just been so amazing. So appreciate your time. There's so much been value. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this because you you just just dropped so much value. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so inspired. I have one more question for you. Yep. Um, if you were to take all of your experiences, all of your wisdom gained, and distill it down into one message or one sentence, what would it be? All of my experiences and all the wisdom I gained and distill it down into one sen sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
it's an, an optimized leader evolves and transforms the world. An unresolved one distorts it. Mm. Woo. Wow. So much power in that. Wiley McGraw, thank you so much for your time today, brother. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to meet you. And that beard, just keep on going with it, man. It's just rocking the world. And Patrick, (laughs) if if you don't mind me asking, because I didn't get a chance to ask you since we had that break, if, if, if there's anybody that just like you have as well, wants to grasp a little bit more understanding of even what we're talking about. If I may share of just course. a quick link. Yeah. Time to erupt.com. Love it. Time to erupt.com. I created an amazing self-assessment active character index for people to really look at aspects of themselves to see if they're even ready to step towards optimization. And I think it's a great tool for people to really evaluate themselves. So time to erupt.com. If you don't mind me sharing that. Absolutely. I'll put that in the okay. show notes and I'm definitely okay. going to go check it out myself. That sounds amazing. Right on, brother. Yeah. Thank Wiley you for McGraw. having me, man. It's been, been a great experience. It's been amazing meeting you and uh, hopefully Likewise. we'll be in touch. Thanks we'll so much, We'll stay in man. touch. All right, brother. Enjoy right, the rest man. of your day. Yeah, right, you buddy. too. Cheers. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. And if you're ready to make massive changes in your life and looking for the support and accountability to make it happen, I'm currently accepting applications for my private one-to-one coaching. You can send an email to patrick at patrickcookcoaching.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, life is now. Live your being.